teach my daughter to behave like a man in order to get promoted? How do I help her to get what she wants? And what should she want? Welcome to our new podcast series, What Should I Tell My Daughter? My name is Evelyn Locher, and I'm sitting here with my friend, Hanna Spier, who is a medical doctor trained in psychiatry. She has a degree from University of Zurich in psychotherapy. Since this is our first episode, I'd like to quickly introduce us and give you some reasons why we have started this podcast in the first place. Hannah is a dear friend of mine, and we've been discussing a lot recently about the messages we should be sending to the next generation of women. Would we want to send the same messages as we were told growing up? Would that position them ideally in the current environment? I suggested making a podcast after reading some of Hannah's articles that she has started writing this year on Substract. I can highly recommend it. It's called Psychobabble. And there I was impressed by her razor sharp observations and interesting point of views. She told me she is doing it to try to improve some of the cultural trends she thinks are disadvantages to the mental health of teens and point a finger to therapeutic trends that aren't working. She hopes to improve the current environment of her children. She's a mom of three small ones, one girl and two boys. I have a very strong interest in Hannah's mission because although I'm not a mother yet, I see myself having a family one day. But it's not only about us. I also think the worry about how to help your daughter maneuver in the world is something many women of us share. Well, so much about ourselves. In each episode, we dive into a specific topic and share some of our experiences and hopefully provide valuable insights. In our Asking for a Friend segment, we will put Hannah on a spot by asking a question from our listeners that she won't be prepared for. I think that's the most fun part of our podcast, mm -hmm. to be honest. In our final segment, we summarize the key takeaways and actionable steps for the audience to apply to their own lives. So join us each month as we tackle a new topic and help navigate the challenges of everyday life. Now I think we are ready for our first topic and of course for Hannah. We want to discuss how we can help our daughters survive and thrive in a corporate environment, if that is what she chooses to do. Right, Hannah? Yeah, that's such a great, a great topic. Thank you for, for that nice intro. And uh, I've picked Evelyn's brain quite a bit about this because she has over 10 years of experience in the corporate world, something I would never want to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she started... She started out very young and uh, was almost eight years at one of the big four as a consultant. And uh, now she's in one of the banks in Zurich uh, and doing, um, well, not financial services. You corrected me quite strongly on that one. <laughs> so f f fill in the blank. Business development. Right. <laughs> well, it is. It is. I'm just not a typical banker, I would say. It is financial services, but not like right. as a... Okay. Traditional so, banker. <laughs> but while she was doing that, she also did an executive MBA at uh, the University of St. Gallen. And uh, well, the stories that she's told me about corporates are just, uh, it's a lesson to us all. I would think, I hope we hear some of them. It's really great uh, advice that she has. But before I share some of those experiences, Hannah, 
we've right. talked so, yeah we'll also get into we'll also get into uh, what the common um what the common complaints are from women who who are in corporate and why they struggle and i think we'll get back to that later but uh, we recently looked at women in the workplace report from mckinsey that was very interesting and then it struck me that um a lot of the things women complain about that or complain about is wrong but the trouble that they have arise from the the our differences in in personality like how how, how personality differs from from men to women and uh, so i think that we we should talk a little bit about that what is what is personality and uh, how can we then overcome some of those struggles if we are aware of those personality differences mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why things are why are things easier for men how do they th thrive where we don't mm -hmm. and how could we uh, how can we improve yeah and for that part because we talked a lot about personality before recording and you've told me about those big five personality traits and mm -hmm. that's my preparation for this podcast I took a personality test online mm. um, and I thought we should actually play a game with that so Hannah has not seen my results and since she is a psychiatrist I thought you know what I will give her seven minutes to do a quick screen and give your best assessment of my personality. Ooh, um, okay, what can you yeah. win? Well, babysitting. What else? What else? Oh, I no, will I babysit would your three kids. Sell my right arm for babysitting. <laughs> so, so I will do that. We will time that because we can go on for hours when it comes to that topic. So right. we yeah. will say yeah. seven minutes. I will, um, yeah, I will time it. Mm -hmm. That's oddly specific, but okay. It is. And then, <laughs> come on, am I allowed I'm to Swiss. ask questions? I don't know. I, I haven't mentioned yeah, it. I'm Swiss. <laughs> I'm very particular when it comes to time. Aim. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also. So I can ask questions and I have to also, mm -hmm. you said I have to explain as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Because that's why um, seven minutes is a bit tight. It's a challenge. We'll see mm -hmm. how far we get. But. Yeah, please also explain our listeners what the five personality traits are. Easy. Okay. Cool. Okay. I'm up. I'm up for a challenge. Cool. Ooh, okay. So, boom. Started. Have I, I? Has the clock started? Yes, it has. Two seconds. Ooh. Okay. Um. So we're doing this according to the big, uh, the big five uh, model. Uh, so that's um, five dimensions of personality traits conscientiousness, openness to experience, extroversion, neuroticism, and agreeableness. And every uh, dimension has in two, two sides to it, you can say, like extroversion, introversion. I, I'll get back to that. But I'll start with conscientiousness, because I think that's the, that's the hardest one. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, it has two parts then, industriousness, and uh, um, orderliness and industriousness is in how how hardworking you are and how dutiful, for example. Mm -hmm. And I can say right off the bat that um, you are quite dutiful. I know I know you and hardworking. Mm -hmm. But what I want to know is 
Okay. Let's say you are late for work. Are you yeah. often late for work? For a Swiss person or like for, for a normal person? I would say, no, not really. But I'm also not there well ahead of time. I'm just on time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? But then, if, okay, if you're late for work. Yeah. Um, do you... Um, do you always find your keys and your things uh, in the same place where you leave them before? Uh, yeah, they have to be exactly there because otherwise I'm completely lost. All right. Okay. So you always <laughs> find your things when you leave. I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've, I've looked around your house, um, not in a creepy way, but I, I, I know that it looks, <laughs> well. it's always quite tidy um, when I, when I come in. So I know that you are quite um, orderly, mm -hmm. um, but okay. Let's say I go into your uh, nightstand and I yes. open the drawer. How does it look in there? Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> is just, it that bad? Just don't. It is. It, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is okay, what so it good. is. Yeah, but it's and not. Then, it's not always, very orderly. Yeah. And I know you have your taxes in this. In those neat you know, boxes yes, under the, my partner under the hates table. That, that was yes. kind of impressive. <laughs> okay. So then I would say you're medium to high in, in orderliness, but mm -hmm. there are, like I said, there are two parts to, yeah. to every trade. And the other thing is, do you get things done effectively and how, how hard you, you work at that mm -hmm. and like considering um, how far you're promoted and, and uh, how, yeah, how well you do at work, I would say you You've, you have a good work ethic, right? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would go, say so. Yes, definitely. Do you often leave tasks undone? Um, no, never. <laughs> well, never is a strong word. I think, of course, I do also have the tendency sometimes to, oh, how is that funny word? Procrastinate sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if I... If I promise to someone that I do something, I do it 100%. Like there is mm -hmm. no okay. way so out for me. Trustworthy, because that's also goes into conscientiousness that you're, yeah. you're trustworthy. We can always count on you to do something that I've experienced as well with you, that you're, you're very good at making a schedule. Like mm -hmm. you say, you're going to edit and then you do it and you, you, you finish it when you say you're going to finish it. Yeah. So you really you follow through. And then, I mean, when you do something, I have the impression that you do it perfectly or not mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that, that, I think that's a fair summary. That's a fair but summary. Some of it, I think, might be learned because you're also quite people-pleasing. So mm -hmm. some of this can also be that you, yeah, you don't want to to disappoint someone or or risk not being liked. So that some of that hard work is in part a little bit of your agreeableness. Yeah, I think I think they're... Off? No, I think there you're making a very good point. It's also when I compare it, if I do something for me privately, just for me personally, privately is the, the wrong word. I mean, I do it for just for me. Then, of course, I have the tendency, you know, to be a bit, let's say, lazy when it comes, for example, to insurances or something mm. that I don't do oh, I knew immediately. It. So you would like close the curtains and totally pig out on the couch, like when no one saw. Of course. Just go, when it's just whatever. for me, yes. Who cares? Oh, yes, yes. But not but too often, though. Not too often and not when it comes to work. 
Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would say like at, at work, as I said, like when I promise something, I deliver. That's very mm-hmm. important to me. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So then I would say you're sort of medium to high conscientiousness. Okay. Uh, the next mm-hmm. is openness to experience. And that's a very interesting one because it ties to intellect. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's someone who has a lot of ideas, is very curious, like to try new things, creative. People with ADHD are very high in openness, typically, and low in conscientiousness. So they'll have like five projects running at the same time, but get nothing done. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that would drive someone like you up the wall. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, question to you is... Because I know that you were on this trip, this six-week trip Mm -hmm. uh, last year. Yeah. And you visited all these different places. And Mm -hmm. you did all these things where I thought, oh, God, thank God I was home. (laughs) Not on that trip. It was amazing. low in openness to experience. (laughs) But did you plan all of those? Which things did you plan? Which things did your partner plan? That's a very interesting question. By the way, we have already six and a half minutes have already passed. Oh my but god! No. no, no, no. We I just I just double the time to because I just give you fourteen minutes because it's super interesting. But does that uh, mean that you only babysit one child? <laughs> and I will choose the child. Okay, <laughs> <for> babysit. <laughs> With Eliana, she can sit and draw for two hours. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay, um, so I have double the time. Excellent. <laughs> So the planning, you've asked about the planning. Mm. Um, first of all, I'd like to say, I'm not sure if this is very representative of my personality because it was a very last minute planning um, that my partner and I did because, you know, I was between jobs and mm-hmm. then we didn't have much time to prepare the plan mm. because that came then very suddenly. So even I'm and I'm also not sure if I also compensated for him in that whole planning <laughs> period because I also like to plan things. I like to know where I'm sleeping and I like to know, you know, right, some details. You're conscientious. Exactly. I I, mm. I I like to know some things, but uh, you know, the flights, the commendation, mm. things like that. But my partner would have this whole Excel sp- spreadsheet mm. and basically do a a whole schedule like he would plan the restaurants and he will plan like every detail of the trips which mm. is interesting because usually he's very I would say quite high in openness for experience but mm. with when it comes I think he's doing that um of fear of missing out and I would be more let's go there and then see what we can do when we're there because the locals could recommend mm-hmm. so the first part of the trip that was Canada we visited Canada for three weeks I did all the planning mm-hmm. um, and I planned as I said accommodations I planned some um, you know I've rented the car in advance but the rest was basically going with the flow okay so I want to know shortly before that trip when you didn't have anything planned yet how mm-hmm. did you feel how was that for you? I felt the urge to start planning because I thought if we do not do that, we cannot make use of that time. Because when do you have seven weeks of vacation? 
Right. So was it uncomfortable for you that you hadn't planned anything yet and it was around the corner? Mm. Was it? I tried to think back. I was so busy, you know, with with finishing everything at my old job. Um, But yes, I, I thought, yeah, I put pressure on my partner, I think, to start planning it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're, you, you're not very comfortable with being spontaneous and, uh, and not having a, a not having a, so to say, right. I like to have my routines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next question. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, for example, when you, when you like listen to your favorite song, when you listen to music, Mm -hmm. do you, are you able to get completely immersed in that? Do you get goosebumps and everything? Oh, yes. Yes. Like music has a very strong um, effect mm-hmm. on me, I okay. would say. Mm-hmm. I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. Could you tell me about some of them? Do you, do you listen to a lot of different subjects? Uh, um, so I've started with true crime <laughs> during COVID. Those were the, the first podcasts. Then I started to listen to some history podcasts. Mm. Then about the human psych um, okay. that I found very Crime interesting. history psych. Entertainment podcasts. So some comedy as well. Probably to balance the true crime. <laughs> I'm not sure if those are many Good. topics, but I yeah, think those that, are that many different million. topics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whenever someone talks about something, you're big eyes and you're like, oh, that's so interesting. And I just think, what? Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Oh, by the way, and, 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 and in between, I started to listen to one that analyzed the Bible as a literary work. That's also interesting. I think it's fascinating. I f- fell off just when you were saying that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. that has to do with liking abstract ideas and yeah, being curious about different things. Okay, so I'd say that you are fairly high in openness to experience as well. Okay, the next ex- is extroversion. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone's heard about extroversion, introversion. And um, so I want to ask you a question about that. Hold on. Let me think. Uh, You were at this cocktail party at work, this work event Mm -hmm. a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. Remember Mm -hmm. you told me about that? Yep. When you came there, can you tell me where you were standing and where you situated yourself at that party? That's a difficult question. Mm. So usually to such parties... I go always with a friend. Does that help? Mm, okay, <laughs> um, so, so you don't like coming in there alone. You no, know, I don't like that that much. Okay, but so you plan I, ahead I only to come to... with someone. Exactly. That's clever. I, um, with someone. And usually at such parties, I only talk, I would say, to few people. But I have a lot of fun with them and enjoy myself also. But I'm not the one who is talking to everybody. Not because I don't want to. I think I'm just shy, to be honest. Okay. It's difficult for me just to approach strangers. Right. I need because something. Because you come across very confident. You always come, you know, you always smile and you always uh, meet people's eyes. And um, so, you know, that the people who are high in extroversion, they come across as quite confident. Mm-hmm. For example, I can have fun with the baker in the baker when I order a croissant. Right. But mm. I need some sort of connection to the person and then it's easy for me. But it's mm. just if you have nothing and, and you know, at work, you sometimes have those encounters. You have like an opero and everybody's standing there and right. then you need some sort to engage yourself. And the first bit I don't like, but then afterwards I'm super comfortable. 
Okay, that's interesting. But that sounds like you, you you practice it a lot, and that's why you're good at it. But your natural might be a bit lower. Could mm. be. So, but did you stay late? Did you have fun there? Yes. Usually, oh. like that, the, when when you know conversations start happening and you start to have fun, then I could also be one of the last one who is leaving the party or the opera right. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you feel the next day? Good. Good. I think for me, such events, um, I like to have it now and then, mm. but not every night. Then it can be quite exhausting for me. But to have um, some of them, like I'm, I'm super comfortable with, I think those are interesting. You have fun. I look forward to those, but not, you know, several events. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. not every day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because yeah, that's, that's uh, with the true introvert, those sort of events, they're just, they're very draining. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards you need to recuperate and the next day you need to just you shut yourself in and you need your Netflix and your pillow. And mm -hmm. uh, it's quite straining. And then, you know, some are able to have two in a row and then I need a bit of a break. And then so if you're in a relationship with someone who's an extrovert and you're very introverted, that can be quite difficult. And you have to then ne negotiate, uh, okay, you have one party and then you don't plan anything. Mm -hmm. Or that mm -hmm. that will always be something you negotiate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, next next question, Hannah. You're on the clock. Come on. <laughs> neuroticism. 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 So how do you how you handle stress in your environment? And someone who's very um, high in neuroticism will very easily experience negative emotions, and those are sadness, anxiety, stress, and they can be very volatile. Mm -hmm. So like if you have a, if you, if you run out of coffee in the morning and that can ruin the whole day and uh, it's it's difficult and to come back down to mm -hmm. earth. Okay. Imagine when paint your scenarios, those are the best when you do this sort of test, not okay. Five options disagree. It's not that good. Yeah. Um, but let's say you want to play tennis. Do you play tennis? I do play tennis. Oh, well, I've, I've used to play tennis. <laughs> okay. Well, good. not really good at it, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you go with your friends and you uh -huh. come to the tennis court, and then mm, you forgot your special tennis shoes. Do you mm -hmm. have those? <laughs> My special tennis shoes, <laughs> no, the what, orange ones. What you no. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay, yeah, my my tennis yeah. shoes. Okay, mm -hmm. and you're like, ah. So what do you do? You're in that situation. Everyone has their special tennis shoes on, and they run out of the court. We, yeah, and you don't have those shoes. My shoes. What do you do? I think it doesn't bother me at all. I think what would bother me is I would feel really bad for my friends if they depend on me playing. You know, when mm -hmm. you meet, yeah, yeah, then them you go to, with to your conscientiousness again. Exactly. Like I would feel bad for them. But otherwise, mm -hmm. I would say just let's go and have a drink or something. That wouldn't okay. Like, you do 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 something else, or exactly. would you just play with the, your normal shoes? I could also play with my normal shoes. I could rent shoes, for example. Like I would just look for a solution. But okay. that I forgot my shoes. I think you know. Also, when you said about the coffee and stuff, like like such things, they they do not bother me. Mm, no. Okay, well done. It's 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 rare. You know, it's usually women are. Uh, higher in, in neuroticism or about one standard deviation. Uh, I'm sorry. So yeah. we're half a standard deviation higher than mm -hmm. men. So okay. it just means if you have a crowd of people, you pick out one woman and you pick out one man. And I told you, okay, guess 
which one is higher in neuroticism, then you'd be right more times if you'd guess the woman is higher. Then okay. that would be a likelier scenario than the man. Just just like that. But it also means that all the ones who are the highest in neuroticism are all women. Right? Because mm -hmm. on the uh, on the sides you have like on the extremes you have then all men or all women. That's how that works. Okay. Back to it. So yeah. I would say you are fairly low in neuroticism. But I've also seen you, I mean, you cry, you're sad, things affect you, like yeah. real, real things bother you. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> middle to low mm -hmm. neuroticism. Then we have agreeableness. Mm -hmm. This is the interesting one for why we have difficulty uh, thriving in the workplace, because we are much, much more agreeable in general than men are. We're trusting, cooperative, and we're eager to please and mm -hmm. we don't like to be rude. So the opposite of being very agreeable is having no problem being rude to people. You're saying, nope, no, not <laughs> doing that. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, you want to like to consider the, the emotions of people around you, attuned to them, which is obvious that you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree. Is, right, <laughs> As so I'm high in agreeableness, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. How you yeah. managed eight years at a, a at a consultancy without imploding is beyond me. But did you often do tasks that work that didn't belong to you or not take credit for your own work? Yeah, there you have a very good point. I think that happens to me constantly, even today. You know, it confused me that I feel like it happens so naturally to me, but not with others. For example, when I worked um, in consulting, mm -hmm. I worked with an extremely demanding partner. And if the client had asked something, anything, it was my job to get it done. And the partner demanded it that way too. It's like he was very strict with me. And one example, like if I didn't respond to an email for him for two hours, I would get comments, like nasty comments, like, hey, Evelyn, are you awake? Or are you on vacation? Why mm. aren't you writing back? He was very strict with very me. Like, disagreeable. There were no, yeah, no excuses for me. So I just thought, this partner is like that, right? I took him for who he was to me, but then someone else took over my role. And this person sometimes just didn't respond to emails that were even directed towards, towards him. And surprisingly, the partner is just letting it slide with him. And, you know, now he just stresses his assistant more instead of making those stupid comments to my successor. No. So of course, when I hear those stories, I am wondering if he is just picking the people that are high in agreeableness, that mm -hmm. just do the things he says without, you know, pushing mm -hmm. back too hard. But yeah, like those situations, I reflected a lot. And of course, it was for me a bit difficult to work with with their partner even though we we got along like perfectly very well so he's generally a nice person he's just very impatient yeah but back to your question yes this happens a lot to me and I really try to pay attention that because I think because I'm so high in agreeableness it is also my right. fault okay know? so we'll sort of go back to back to that so okay mm -hmm. so a summary summary, summary yes okay. I am opening my test so results I was... So high in conscientiousness, but I yep, want to say also. that you mm -hmm. are more industrious than you are orderly. 
I think that you would score higher on the hardworking and uh, the dutifulness uh, than you would that part of being a perfectionist. Next. Just one thing. You're spot mm-hmm. on. Ah, <laughs> well, really? you even gave me a higher rate in ordinary less than the tested. <laughs> but I'm very high in conscientiousness, but not so much in orderliness. Yes. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> there's this movie in the cinema I really want to see. So I just need, I really need that babysitting. So extroversion. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I would say that you are in the middle of the tree and you're not very high in extroversion. I would say, yeah, right in the middle. So extroversion, the test said high, but mainly due to a category that is called cheerfulness. Mm -hmm. So there is, for example, excitement seeking, that is quite low, Mm -hmm. but friendliness, cheerfulness are high. And then you had like others that are lower, like activity level is like in the Mm -hmm. middle um, right. assertiveness is in the middle field mm-hmm. but I think okay. the, the cheerfulness made it but the, but uh, maybe I was just in a good mood when I filled out the test that would okay. also be like one Let's question say but I, I say I say okay. that to, after your assessment yeah good okay so neuroticism I would say you are you're you're low in neuroticism mm-hmm. that's correct yes mm. yes yes <laughs> okay four out of five and high in agreeableness very high very high in agreeableness yeah that's correct did we talk okay. about openness to experience? Yes. Ah. No, no. We talked about it, but did I not give my score? Well, I didn't give my score. Um, I I think that you are medium high in openness to experience. Not not that high. I would score like four out of five. I think that's fair. Yeah. Openness to experience high, it says, but, but 75 points compared to let's say my score in agreeableness and conscientiousness is not not mm. as high. So as you mm. said, like middle field to too high mm. openness yeah. experience. Yeah. Huh. So Hannah, time yeah. wise, well, I blew it. <laughs> room for improvement, but you got the babysitting. Oh, you, really? Yeah. Like all the kids, it. all three with, of them, with, with all the of them, with with the baby Akiva. Come on, how can I not babysit Akiva? Of course. He's so cute. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> so of course you want one so, baby. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> but I you you just, are not I off the hook. I just love yet. winning competitions. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not off the hook. Okay, because... but we need to go back to personal development and you being very agreeable. But right, one thing wanna... I, I wanted to, to say for our listeners, if they want to do it as well, um, mm-hmm. what advice would you have to give them that it is the most accurate results because I think it can really depend on the mood that you're in that day and the second thing I I was also asking myself I tried to be really honest when I gave my answers but how honest are you with yourself like in general I would do it with someone who knows you really well if not a clinician that also knows you not mm-hmm. right off the bat where they don't like someone who can bring up some examples and say, oh, yeah, well, when you did that, that wasn't really, or, you know, when you started out, like something like you've had 10 years in corporate that changes the way that you approach people and the way that you learn to start conversations, you know, all these things mm-hmm. that can give you a higher score and, uh, and something like extroversion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or it, it can teach you to be more disagreeable when you need to be. So 
but that's fair. You can change your personality over time. Like when we when we grow up, when when we're adults, we're generally more conscientious than we were teenagers. Um, and if we experience something, something big, like when we become parents, or if we go through cancer or something like that, we can really change our personality structures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's there's that. Yeah, do it with someone who knows you. Okay. Good. Point taken. Okay, let's go so, back to to the personal development part. Right. So you hacked corporate. Mm-hmm. Did well, you have one of those moments where you had to assert yourself amongst all those men? Because you've been the only woman in uh, in, in a room for all men, right? And I have to tell everyone this. I mean, <laughs> Evelyn's this gorgeous woman. She's tall <laughs> and and you know slim. She's just you just you, you you look at her when she enters the room, right? So she really. <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. That is so cute. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, but 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 you're asking me like if I had to assert myself, right? Most, mm-hmm. I mean, there is there is one story. I think it's quite funny. But I have to admit, I am not sure if I really reacted properly in that situation, but it worked mm-hmm. and I'm happy to share it. So I was placed on a project with a team that uh, consisted only of, of men um, and myself. And usually like in a group of men, I feel comfortable and at ease, I would say. But in this specific instance, a partner came into the room and he greeted everyone by shaking their hands but neglected to acknowledge me like he just no he just skipped me <laughs> like he just, went to, to like all that. the men yeah and and you were standing no I was sitting everybody everybody in the back everybody was sitting and he went around the table and he was doing his handshakes and he just skipped me and um hmm. first I felt confused I would say but then also, you know, the meeting went on and he never looked at me. He didn't even talk to me. Like he was like, I was not in the room. And with time, I felt offended as well because I thought, well, he's doing that on purpose. But to this day, I'm I'm not sure if he did it like because of my gender. It may, might be also, you know, a question of age. I don't know why he did that. Maybe he doesn't like blondes. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, of course, I didn't Probably like that. So, not. so, so, what did I do? Now, not sure if this is the best reaction, but I think I've started to to play a little power game here. So, as you've said, I'm quite tall, and he was a short man. So, I was already taller than him. But to make it even more dramatic, I started to wear high heels, and when he entered the room, I stood up. I walked towards him and I looked down at him and extended my hand. So he had, he had to to greet me. And when he did that, he also had to look up. Right. So of um, course that does something. Yeah. And it worked. Honestly, it worked. I mean, I could tell like the first time I did it, he hated it. He gave me like this evil. You would do, <laughs> but um, but it re it really worked, and I mean, we just did a personality test for me. Yeah. So I'm a very dedicated person, and I just started to work harder on the project than everybody else, um, mm-hmm. in that room, and I just wanted to prove that partner that I was worth looking at, um, mm. and I was worthy of his attention by basically. 
So when the project then progressed, things got better. And by the end, I was almost his sole point of contact. So he spoke directly to me. He directed his emails to me as well. And um, so ultimately, I would say I was successful. But of course, it was challenging. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, I was I was like 26, 27. And you have just this very powerful man who just not even looks at you. Yeah, that, so, that was powerful. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But you you fixed that. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well Thank done. you. Well, with that guy. So so I think even though I'm I'm very high in ag- agreeableness, if someone treats me that unfairly, mm-hmm. then I start to react. Not yeah. like in a very okay. aggressive way. I mean, I was just wearing heels. <laughs> right? right. But then but but still, like I then will show him. Because that, that is what what uh, what we have to do, right? If we're even just a little uh, uh, higher in agreeableness than than the rest of the room, we mm-hmm. we have to learn to be more assertive. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's why many women are complaining that they have lower salaries than than uh, the men working mm-hmm. in what they see as uh, the same job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we aren't all um, paid the same because we don't ask for the same. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that is still very difficult for me, like negotiating. This is still something that I really want to to develop further, I would say, yeah, because I that think it's very, it's very uh, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very uncomfortable situation to be with, to be in. It doesn't come naturally. I think, yes, I've experienced a lot of women uh, saying this, say like the other day I was uh, in a group of women mm-hmm. and one was, was talking about how she has another job offer. So she's going to change jobs. And, um, and I asked her, you know, why, because I knew that she was unhappy uh, with the conditions uh, she had at her current job and she mm-hmm. hadn't been there very long. Right. So she was just looking for another job because she was unhappy where, where, with the conditions she had. And um, so I said, why don't you take that offer you've been given and go to your current employer and say, can you match it? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then all the women just, you know, they just started laughing. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that was just such a ridiculous thing to do. And uh-huh. I, yeah, I I'd also said, you know, <laughs> I just gave an example of what, she should ask for because she has mm-hmm. the same ex- experience amount of years as my husband has and mm-hmm. I know what she, what he asks for so I just gave that number and they just said that was totally unrealistic they really just they had a good time with the, with, the, <laughs> with even the thought of yeah. of of her doing that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just thought that you know that's our problem right there that wasn't a company that couldn't pay that amount of money mm-hmm. you know, this woman has a you know, ten years of experience, and uh, that was uh, that was a learning experience. Yeah, I see. There basically two sides of that story. I mean, I, I do understand, right, your point of view, and that um, women need to start asking for more if they want to earn more. <laughs> Nothing, nobody gives you something for free. Mm. But I've also experienced that a demand made by a woman can be perceived very differently than one by a man. So I had this, you know, 
from my previous employer that I've seen that women actually did that, what you just described. So they got an offer from a competitor and they've asked the employer to match it and it didn't go mm-hmm. well. They got the salary matched, but they were excluded from further promotions. And, you know, there were, was no pay increase after that. And they talked badly about them. I mean, of course, it could also be that there were other factors involved. I don't know about, you know, her performance and everything. So so there are many factors that play into that. But I just think my personal experience was that it can be perceived differently if a woman asks for something or a man does. Right. Because we're we're not meant to be that disagreeable and then we're yeah. seen in a in a different light. So a woman who's disagreeable is then a little bit off, mm-hmm, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But, but we're meant to be because we, we we should I mean we're primed to take care of kids and mm-hmm. infants. Mm-hmm. And that just requires an immense amount of patience and and uh, being attuned to their every need. Yeah. 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 And um, I find women who are very disagreeable have a very hard time with their kids when they're in that period and are almost relieved when they grow up and they don't need quite that. When they they can do things independently, then that sort of, they really sort of lighten up and feel that life gets a bit easier. Ah, so you're saying high agreeableness helps Mm -hmm. with having patience probably. Yeah, yeah, that's what it. That's what it meant. It's meant for because an infant, you just you can't say, oh, "Wait there, I'll be back later." Like, <laughs> it needs what it needs, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you you need to be attuned to what they're feeling, and so that's why when women are higher in agreeableness, it's just that time, the infancy, is mm-hmm. a is a bit easier for us to deal with as well. Um, but women who are who are quite disagreeable, they prefer to then outsource that that work as much as okay. possible. But now we had the positive side of agreeableness. But when it comes to the working environment, yes, like how can we? Then. How can we yeah. help our daughters or just the younger generation to be more assertive? Yeah, that's such a good question. Take that uh, personality test. Mm-hmm. That's. That's the first thing. And then they need to practice. So the parent needs to practice with the child to envision what they want. So, you know, envision your future. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. Because if you're very high in agreeableness, it's difficult to even uh, figure out what you want because you'll be like, well, well, you know, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) you don't get it any any further Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so envision a a future scenario that that looks good okay and then you come up with a strategy how to get there okay but that really takes takes practice you can't just do like oh i have to envision my future i'll go i'll get right on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really it helps if if you do it with them and and practice that and then uh, you have to come up with a strategy so that means you you have to go into a negotiation with whatever is standing in the way of you yeah. and this envisioned future. Okay. And so you want to try to strengthen your position so that you are in that negotiation coming from a position of strength. You oh, I think just that's go, important, right? Right. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. just go to your employer and say, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, just going to take six months extra of maternity leave. Mm-hmm. I hope that's cool. <laughs> they're not going to say, ah, here you go. So you really have to uh, be as strong as you can be. 
and also practice those conversations so you don't come across as a jerk. Very good point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want that. Yeah. So so basically, I tried to summarize what I've understood. So basically, you you need to know the direction you want to go. So you need to, as you said, envision where you want to be. Then you need to figure out what is between your situation right now and the situation that you want to be in um, mm-hmm. and and identify that. And then when you need to start negotiation, come of position of strength. Also, what I've learned once was that if you are starting a negotiation, you also need to be willing to take the negative consequences when the negotiation exactly. is not successful. Right. So if you want to negotiate salaries and they are not matching it or they do not give a raise, you should also have a plan B ready um, exactly. for yourself. Right? So you don't, mm-hmm. you don't want to point a loaded gun at someone if you're not prepared to pull the yeah. trigger. Yeah, that's very dramatic. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so um, after that... What should we now tell our daughter? So a summary, like you have one advice that after this episode you could give your daughter, what would it be? Right. I'm not going to take a personality test again, because I already said that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Learn which battles to pick Uh and then uh, learn to, you know, teach them to, Mm -hmm. to find out what they want and to, to ask for that. And, um, teach them to be strong mm-hmm. without being awful mm-hmm. and uh, help them prepare for the conflict that they've picked like <clears throat> to prepare phrases and to keep conversations on on track and uh, uh, how to keep a clear head mm-hmm. those things are are good to teach your kids okay um so for me it goes in a very similar direction you said take a personality test. I think that's one way of getting to know yourself a bit better and then have an understanding, you know, of your strength, as we said, and also weaknesses or also strengths that can turn into weaknesses as we discussed it today with agreeableness. And then basically, if you know you're high in that, as you said, then start practicing negotiating, for example, that it just doesn't, you know, become this roadblock um for you or for for her then later on um and also but but today we've talked about agreeableness and i think um neuroticism is one thing you've Mm -hmm. mentioned as well but we will do another episode on that but also there if this is high then try to develop strategies but we're talking about this next time correct Mm -hmm. very good good then um the last part the last uh segment of our of our podcast asking for a friend So Hannah, mm. yes, get I'm ready. Ready. Mm. Have I won one one competition already? So yeah, exactly. Bring it on. Oh, you can relax. So um, a very easy question. I'm asking for a friend. It's like how much jealousy is normal, or another way, when do I realize? Yeah, mm. when do I realize that it becomes toxic? For example. Right. Jealousy. So, okay, let's narrow that down to jealousy in a relationship because I'm guessing that that's... Oh, yeah. Sorry. This is yeah. coming from, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Jealousy mm-hmm. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think no uh, no uh, emotion is all good or all bad. I think we can... That can be useful. Mm-hmm. So uh, treat it as a, 
as a sign or a, even a symptom that you you go into and, and think, okay, where is this coming from and why? Maybe you have a boyfriend mm-hmm. or a husband that actually has those wandering eyes, right? Yeah. Maybe he is actually looking at other women. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something to notice. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so maybe discuss. there is reason for this jealousy, yeah, right? Maybe, maybe is, uh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just uh just because you're paranoid doesn't mean someone's not out to get you. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes the gut feeling is just right. Right. That can so happen. Maybe so maybe there is a reason to be to be jealous. And then mm-hmm. you have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, what then what is it that you're jealous of? When I'm jealous of my husband, it's I'm jealous of the of time that he spends with others. He doesn't spend a lot of time with others. Then I then I think, oh, I'm not jealous because I think that some that he's gonna do something. I just mm-hmm. uh, oh, I wish I could spend time with him now. Yeah, which I think is a uh, healthy because that just means uh, he's my favorite person, mm-hmm. and I just want to spend all my time with him. Mm-hmm. So I think that's healthy. There's mm-hmm. a, so there's a healthy type of jealousy. If there's no jealousy at all, that's not healthy either, because it's a proprietary feeling. Mm-hmm. So you want to feel like uh, your husband is your person, yeah, not everyone's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some some jealousy, I think there should be. Mm-hmm. So when I test my husband, sometimes I if I do something, <laughs> were you jealous now? Yeah. He's, he's not he doesn't have a lot of jealousy so no. <laughs> get a little bit disappointed yeah like, i mean it can oh, get it are you jealous now and he's like no i don't and in the end he just says yes i'm super jealous <laughs> that's okay that's good that's good you yeah, can feel it a bit is. flattered like, yeah mm-hmm. you know you're mine and uh but some couples they uh they like to play games mm-hmm. and they like mm-hmm. they, they make each other jealous right because they need yeah. that extra that dopamine kick that you get oh that i'm i'm special Ugh, who doesn't like a bit of drama i get it oh, but i get that the, too yes totally the, totally the danger is the game can get out of hand mm-hmm. so it's not a recipe for a long-term relationship. Yeah. So I think that it would go into what you call toxic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right. Yeah. So was so that we good? summarize. Yeah, that, that was good. Hey. Okay. Cool. First, first, asking for a friend question answered. Boom. <laughs> yeah. I think I think to summarize. I think jealousy can be normal. Maybe. Sometimes also the gut feeling is right, but when it gets, as you said, like out of hand, when it gets too intense, maybe there's something that is not right. Right. In, is Take it home in- message, no emotion is all good or all bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good. That was our first good. episode. How do you feel? You know, I feel good. Good. I feel good. You? Me too. I think it was great. This one I was hope, good. I hope uh, our listeners think the same. And yeah, we would appreciate if you also listen to our next episode. That was it from us. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>